0: Jarrett Murphy from citylimits.org. And this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. Uh, so we'll turn the tails now, turn the tables to our next topic, and that is the city's uh, public safety situation, uh, ongoing discussion now, a very uh, deep one about uh, policing and its role in society, policing and race. And of course, uh, in recent days, a concern about rising levels of Violence in the city, an increased number of shootings, a lot to talk about when it comes to policing and especially the community aspects of it. And so that's why it's great that we're joined now by Chief Jeffrey Madry, who is the new NYPD Chief of the Community Affairs Bureau. Chief Madry, welcome to Max and Murphy.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. How are you.
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks very much. Uh, so you are uh, recently appointed the chief of uh, community affairs after five years as borough commander in Brooklyn North. Uh, you've been with the NYPD since 1991. Tell us about the command that you are now in charge of. Obviously, people know community affairs. they are the cops who wear the shirts that look a little different, but I'm sure the differences go a little deeper than that. Tell us what they mean to you.
1: Well, uh, community affairs has been about... You know, cops and community working together, and for me, that I'm just looking to expand that role to make sure we're really a part of conversation in New York. That really, with our community, understand how we could best service them, and to make sure that people, uh, you know, make sure that our forces are out there being, you know, we want to, uh, show showing the same level of respect back to the police department, and it's just. Uh, for me, is about the gap, forced to stand of the cops in the community and, you know, have, and in turn, having a little fun, too.
2: Say a little bit more, Chief Madri, about what your approach is going to look like to this role. Are there certain things that you plan to change? Are there certain things that you're doing um, that you think? you know, are most essential to coming in, you know, fresh into the role and saying, you know what, there's, there's new leadership here and this is, you know, this is the direction I'm going to take this work in. That's a little bit different than the past, not necessarily, you know, that, that the past work was wrong, but how you're going to, do you know yet how you're going to sort of put your uh, personal imprint on this role?
1: I think approach is really, it's, it's, the approach that we should all be taking—it's about being in the street, being on the ground, talking to communities. I went up to a basketball game yesterday that was in uh, that was being held in honor of a young young man who lost his life in our community—a good young man—and there had to be about 400 people out there. And when I tell you, I had numerous conversations out there, shook so many hands, took so many pictures, and. People enjoyed having the conversation with me as I enjoyed having a conversation with them. I think a lot of people support the police department and they want to have the conversations. But in my role here, make sure that the police department, we're taking the first steps to build that bridge, to have those conversations, to have those uh, cordial interactions. And even when we have tough interactions, they still have to be done with a level of respect and everyone has to be left with their dignity.
2: Can you, um, can you say a little bit more about why those relationships matter? Um, you know, why, why does it matter if, um, you know, there's, there's good sort of rapport between, uh, cops and, and young people in different communities and community affairs, you know, is having a presence or even hosting a basketball game or a barbecue or whatever it might be. What, why does that actually matter? What does that actually lead to? Do you think?
1: I think I think it matters because when the community has a good relationship with the police, they'll they'll give more support to the police. Even during tough situations, they'll give more support to the police, especially when they're familiar with a particular officer, maybe a neighborhood court.
2: Chief Madry, I think we've lost you there for a second. Maybe we've lost Chief Madry here. Uh, fully, and maybe we need to get him back on the line. Hello, Chief.
1: oh, there you, you are. are. All right, good. Yeah, no, I'm here. My phone, I don't know.
2: We we no. lost you there for a minute, but you're back. So maybe okay. maybe take that back from the top.
1: But it, okay, but let me. <laughs> we, we we heard
2: you for a second say it matters because the community will you know
1: okay, uh, so will I'm help will support the
2: police. Again.
1: Yeah, and absolutely, and that's exactly where I was. The, the that was my whole uh, thought pattern mm-hmm. about. When our police officers are out there, and we're building good relationships, and we're knowing the communities that we serve, it's going to help garner support for our police officers. When our officers are out there, and 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 the community is familiar with them, and they have, you know, um, uh, past discussions with them, past interactions with them, positive interactions. When the police officers have to take some, you know, some level of enforcement or have to make a tough decision. People may not like it, but they'll know that a good, that's a good officer who they have a, a, a relationship with, who's worked in the community and does right by the community, and they had to make a tough decision under a tough call. I've been talking to a lot of people in the community the last few days, and, and people are asking for, for us to address quality of life conditions. People are asking for us to stop the violence that's happened out here. But the police need the support of the people as well. All right, we're doing a tough job out here. We're doing a dangerous job out here. We need the, the community to support us, support our actions. We and I'm talking about when we do something excessive or wrong. But when we're doing a tough job and we're completing making a tough arrest or a tough apprehension, people have to support us when we do that because we're doing it at the behest of the community. We're taking action to save the lives of the community. We're taking actually action to improve their quality of life so they have to support us in these actions
0: chief based on those conversations and your instincts developed over a career that you know goes back to 91 with the pd what do you think is driving the increased violence we've seen in the past uh, few weeks the increased number of shootings to what do you attribute that
1: i mean you see a lot of things going on in the community i mean first of all we we, uh, we all suffered through a pandemic. You know, there was final fi- financial distress. You know, there was hunger. There was food deprivation. People were cooped up in the house. There were a lot of things that uh, I think manifested itself during the pandemic. Uh, you know, we have some issues with our, our, our criminal justice system. We have been making arrests. And also due to the COVID, we are releasing people, releasing prisoners. We're releasing people arrested for guns and and serious crimes. And when we make the arrest and they're getting out, it's hard. I mean, when they get out and they're getting out with little consequences, a lot of times they're not going to say, hey, I got out and and I'm just going to go straight. They go back right to what they were doing. So, you know, we understand during this pandemic we had to save lives. and, And even in the jails we had to save lives. But... The system has to work. And when we arrest in violent criminals, people with a with a past carrying guns and doing crimes, if we arrest them, they have to remain in jail.
0: And we have heard uh, reports, and and some police union leaders have have attested to this, that there is a morale problem among police officers, do you feel that is the case? Is there a morale problem in the NYPD, and is that having an impact on its crime-fighting abilities?
1: Of course. Of course. There is a morale issue. We have a lot of young police officers in this department. It's a young department. And if you listen to the rhetoric that's been spewed around in the community over in this city the last few weeks, I mean, there's graffiti kill cops. There's a rhetoric of defund the police. You know, there's rhetoric that, you know, everyone in the police department is bad. You know, I'm out there. I was working a protest. I've been, I was called every name in the book. I was called racial slurs. People, you know, it, 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 was, a, it was a terrible time out there. And I have 30 years of experience, and I have a lot of experience, and I've been through a lot. But what happens when they're doing this to a 24, 25-year-old cop who doesn't have 30 years' experience? You, you, you don't think they'll feel disenfranchised. You don't think they'll feel hurt. You don't think they'll feel unsupported. Of course they will. And this is why it's so, it's so important for us to have a good relationship with our community. And I've met so many people over the last few days in this new role. I've been in charge in Brooklyn the last five years before I took this position. And so I know the Brooklyn community well. But I've been up in Harlem, in the Bronx, Queens, talking to people. And there are so many people who are very supportive of the police. But they have to speak up about it. Our officers need to know that they have support. There's people who want them to be successful in keeping their community safe. It's something that must be done. We can't let our city go back to the way it was many years ago.
0: What do you think drives that anger against the police you know, that leads people to shout slurs and, and draw graffiti and, and others who wouldn't call for harming the cops or saying anything about them personally but who want to defund it, where do you think that comes from? Is it is it out of thin air? Do you think it has some rational basis?
1: No, I mean, listen, we have, you know, when you look at his, from a historical context, especially in the, some of the in, in, in black communities and Latino communities, there have been fractured relationships with the police in the community. Um, you know, during the two hundred and fifty era, uh, we, we 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 stopped a lot of people who shouldn't have been stopped, and, we, and it created some controversy. Things that the department worked on to correct, but I think when you know the police department is a, a profession that's broad brush. Something can happen in California, and you know we, we have to answer for it. Something can happen in another municipality, and again we're going to be looked at in the same way. In, in the same in the same way. So we always have to understand that. And sometimes when an incident happens in another state, another city, again it, it just. Brings back some of those old feelings uh, that we had in some of our communities where the relationships have been strained. So when those things happen, it's time for us to just double back down, double down, get back into the communities, talk to people, uh, participate in positive events, have the difficult conversations. That way, we can start reestablishing trust, uh, building trust where we may have not have had it in the first place and and continue to work together to help our city out. How does,
2: um you know, I think some of what you said there is certainly um, uh, very interesting. And, you know, but but certainly, you know, some of the sentiment in New York is not, it, it might be re-sparked by something that happens elsewhere, but it's not only about long ago uh, things that happened in the city, right? I mean, we've seen even since George Floyd was killed, we saw, you know, officers using a, an apparent chokehold on someone um in, in the city here. And, you know, some of the ways that officers were behaving during the protests where there's already been even a few officers disciplined for those things. So it's not just about things happening elsewhere. How do you, in this role in community affairs, how do you talk to people about what the NYPD is doing and needs to do to weed out the officers that should not be part of the force.
1: Well, I mean, the NYPD has a lot of oversight. I mean, we have the city council, the five district attorneys, we have an internal affairs bureau, a civilian complaint review board, a federal monitor. So there's quite a few things that we already have in place that help with the discipline process. But when you look at, uh, you know, prior to to the murder of George Floyd, you know, we were, we were already having some issues just addressing the whole COVID-19 situation, but overall, I think we were doing all right. We were out here. We were working with our communities. During the COVID pandemic, we fed families. We provided masks. We did a lot of things. People were upset with some of the enforcement for social distancing, and you heard the police commissioner say time and time again that, we maybe shouldn't have been a part of enforcing social distancing, physical distancing, but we were tasked to do it, so we had to do our jobs. But just when you look at the protests, you know, there, of course there were, uh, there were some incidents out there that didn't, that were not good. That the, You know, well, a lot of people in law enforcement were disturbed with some of the incidents. But I think overall, with the amount of protests that we handled and the amount of people that we handled, I think we did a very professional job out there. There were a few, a few uh, bad choices and a few mistakes done out there, and the police commissioners have been—he's been addressing them, addressing those uh, mistakes and bad choices. And you know, the, um, there's there's other review and oversight that's going on with the protests and how we handle things out there. But I think, by and large, with the amount of people who are out there, we did—we did a tremendous job at keeping people safe letting people raise their voices. You know, we, we we took a lot of abuse out there and we remain professional for the most part. And we'll continue to do that. We'll continue to do that.
2: Yeah, there's a lot in your answer there that we could uh, we dissect if we had an extra half hour or so, but we definitely want to get to a couple other things with you. So I'm, um, I think probably my final question um, is, as you're taking over here in community affairs, there's also this shift that's been decided on Of the school safety division and you're going to be uh, clearly still overseeing school safety at least for this coming school year and then also helping with seemingly helping with the transition to the Department of Education do you think it is the right move to move school safety out of the PD and how are you thinking about that that process that's coming up
1: well I think this is something that, something that remains to be seen. I mean, school safety was under the uh, board of education, not the department of education for years. Um, I think they wanted tighter accounting processes. They wanted to increase public safety in schools. There were incidents of, of, of weapons being bought in schools, uh, crimes occurring in schools, and they wanted to tighten up the oversight, provide better training and things of that nature. Um, when, The police department took over school safety. I was one of the original people who who was a part of that transition. I was a sergeant. I was an original school sergeant for the 77th precinct, and it was a learning process. It was a learning process. There were procedures that weren't in place. We had to figure it out. We had to kind of, you know, make things up as we went along and then, you know, retroactively make it a procedure and fix it. But I think we came a long way with the way we... Uh, handle schools. When you look at the school safety uh, composition of people in school safety, uh, a lot of people uh, are, you know, you're talking about a big African-American Latino population in the school safety division, the employees. A lot of them, you know, mature people, parents, people with a lot of experience dealing with children. So, to say that uh you know they weren't doing the right thing or it shouldn't be under the nypd i don't know about that because there were a lot of good people in there who cared for those children who dug in their own pockets to feed those children and they did it under under you know under the nypd so when it gets moved back out i don't think any of those people will change they'll all be great people they'll still love the children the same way and do everything they can and they'll still have the support of the nypd There's no way something's going to happen in the school in New York city and the school safety is called for support from the police department and we're not going to respond. We're just not going to have oversight of the day-to-day operation. So we'll see how that works out when it's all said and done.
0: Chief, uh, before we let you go, I want to ask a question coming back to the rank and file officers who will be under your command in your new post. And, you know, 20 something years ago, Uh, For very complicated reasons, I went through the first several stages of becoming a New York City cop and was sitting around one day with other potential recruits. People were talking about what they wanted to do in the department. It was Harbor Division. It was ESU. It was being a detective. No one mentioned community affairs. And I think the perception was then, anyway, that this was seen as a job that, that a lot of cops wouldn't want because it wasn't seen as, quote-unquote, real policing. Is that still the case? Is this a, is being in community affairs a coveted post? Um, what kind of cops do seek that out, and what kind of cops should? What kind of culture are you trying to create around the idea of being a community affairs officer?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think all police officers should have so. Some- Community affairs role within them, and I'm talking about personally about how we go out to him or how we use our professionalism to mollify situations and and working with communities, and sometimes bending over backwards to help them out. Uh, I see community affairs in, in, you know, with me taking over as people who are committed to their communities, and they don't they don't have to necessarily live in that community. The minute they are assigned to that precinct or that borough, come their community. Because they're probably going to be spending more time there, home or anywhere else. So it is their community. They're basically going to be there all the time. shopping in there, they'll be, you know, using their resources in that community. So it's their community. And I'm looking for cops who want to really come, work closely with their community, have a vested interest in the in the community, youth, who want to be innovative and do do things to help uh, bridge the police community divide. In my role in Brooklyn, we did some incredible things. I used to host uh, yearly de- uh, annual DJ competitions. Um, we, do- we did things where we went into schools and did a uh, program uh, and we danced with the kids. We did a uh, Jeopardy tournament with the kids. We uh, did bullying campaigns with the kid- kids. Every Christmas the last four years, we've done a... Uh, we call our annual sleigh ride where we give out over uh, 10,000 gifts to children, many many gifts to children who wouldn't get a gift if if we weren't providing them. So I think there's great opportunities to go out there and work in the communities, be mentors, bring value to the lives of young people, to be a resource to parents who may be struggling and need additional help. So there's a lot of community affairs to do. uh, Since I've been here, I've gotten quite a few calls from members of this department who want to come and work in this bureau here and get out there and bring value to our communities. So I think we're going to do great things in community affairs.
2: Well, that's that's interesting that you're getting those calls and that'll be a trend uh, to watch and for us to check back in with you on. Uh, That's we've been talking with Chief Jeffrey Madry, who's the new NYPD chief of community affairs. And we thank you for the time with us and uh, good luck out there.
1: Thank you. I appreciate your time. Be well. All right. Thank
2: you.
0: Take care. We hope you have a great week in the greatest city in the world.